Abisavas. Before I present the message this morning, let's just bow our heads for prayer, shall we? <coughs> our gracious Heavenly Father, we want to see Jesus. We want to see the beauty of God's character. Oh God, help us, O oh Lord, through this hour of worship that we might be better men and women in Christ. If anyone here who is not converted, who hasn't given their lives fully to God, I pray that revival and reformation will take place in their lives, and they will have image of God restored in them. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12. Here, Bible describes the characteristics of the last generation that will be saved. When Jesus comes for the second time. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. And the faith of Jesus. And I want to say. Out of three characteristics in this Bible text. One characteristic is more important than any others. There are three. What are they? <coughs> Patience. Commandment keeping or obedience. Or what? Faith of Jesus. My friends, I guarantee, without the faith of Jesus, you cannot have patience. Without the faith of Jesus, you cannot obey God. Therefore, my friends, it is vitally important that we must possess and experience what it means to have faith of Jesus. Amen? Amen. But you know there is a big difference between faith in Jesus and faith of Jesus. Isn't there? I can say to Brother Humphrey here, I said, I have faith in Humphrey. What does that mean? I trust him. I believe that I trust that if, if I ask him to give me 10 pounds, he'll give me 10 pounds, right? I can tell him something and he will keep it secret. <laughs> I can ask him something and he will do it for me. I trust in him. I can depend upon him. But if I say I have faith of Humphrey, what do I say? If I have faith of Humphrey, that means my faith is same as what? His faith. That's right. My friends, in the last days, it is not just enough to depend or to believe in Jesus. 
you must have faith of Jesus. That means your faith has to be equal to the faith of Christ. We know in the book of Romans, the Bible says, just shall live by what? Faith. But in the book of Habakkuk, in the Old Testament, the Bible says what? Just shall live by? No, no, you haven't read the Bible? His faith. Very interesting, the Bible says, His faith, my friend. And we know that we must live by the faith of Jesus. So, what is faith of Jesus? What is faith of Jesus? My friends, in order for us to understand the faith of Jesus, we must study how Jesus lived and trust in the Father. So let us study, shall we? Turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Look with me. In verse 19. John chapter 5 and verse 19. The Bible says, Then answered Jesus and say unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do, what's the next word? Nothing of Himself, but what He seeth the Father do, for what things soever He doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Here Jesus claims He can do what? Nothing. He only can do that which He what? He seeth the Father do. Remember that. That means, my friends, listen very carefully. Jesus does not depend upon what He sees. He depends upon what the Father sees. Next Bible text, verse 30. Verse 30. The Bible says, I can of my own self do nothing. Another repetition of what Jesus said. I can do nothing as I, what? Here I, what? Judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So my friends, second time Jesus said, I can do nothing. Jesus said what? I hear, then what? I judge. What does that mean, my friends? Jesus, Jesus, He does not depend upon what He hears, but Jesus depends upon what God hears. He does not depend upon what He sees, but what the Father sees. Turn your Bible with, Bibles with me now to John 12. John chapter 12. John 
John chapter 12. And look with me what Jesus said here in verse 49. The Bible says, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a what? Commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. So my friends, Jesus does not speak of himself, but Jesus speaks that which God commands him to what? Speak. Now let me ask you something. That means, my friend, when Jesus lived on earth, he gave up his eyesight. He gave up his hearing. He gave up his tongue. And he gave up to who? God. Let me ask something. How would you feel? How would you feel if you if you lose your sight, hearing, and your speech? Huh? What would you do if you lose your sight, hearing, and speech at, at one time? You will feel so so helpless. Would you? That's how you must live. In Jesus, my friends. That's how much you need to trust in Christ. That's what it means to have faith of Jesus. Do you understand that? Because why? In the last days, Satan will work so hard that you cannot trust your own senses. You cannot trust what you see. You cannot trust what you hear. You cannot trust what you say. You can only trust what God says. And how God judges. And what God sees. And we must judge according to God's judgment. That's the reason why, my friends, the Ellen White says we must study the book of Daniel. Not only the prophecies of Daniel, but the character of Daniel. Why? The word Daniel, the name Daniel means Dan. Judge L God. God is my judge. Therefore, the last generation have faith of Jesus. Why? Because they learn to say, God is my judge. And I will follow his judgment. Not my own will, but thou will be done. But let me ask you something. How can you possess this faith of Jesus? Turn your Bibles with me to now. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. The Bible says this. Listen. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. Now, does that sound similar? Jesus says, I cannot, what? I cannot do nothing, right? I cannot do anything. The Bible says, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Watch this. And the life 
which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the who? Son of God. Who is Son of God? Jesus. Therefore, I live by the faith of Jesus. So please tell me from the Bible, when can you live by the faith of Jesus? When you are crucified. That's right. When you surrender to God totally, entirely, fully to Him, then you can exercise and live and experience the faith of Jesus. My friends, every time you want to experience faith, your total, your will, your ideas, your judgment, your desires, your taste, all that you have must be surrendered to God. But now, notice with me, same chapter, Galatians 2. I want to show you something very interesting. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. The Bible says, Knowing this, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the what? Faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the what? Faith of Christ. So my friends, what is the condition for justification? What is the condition for justification? Faith, ha, faith of Jesus. Then let me ask you something. What is the condition to have faith of Jesus? To be crucified. That's right. So tell me, what's the condition of justification? You have to what? Totally what? Surrender to God and to say, not I but Christ. Then you're justified. But let me ask you something. When you say not I but Christ, who's going to live in your life? Christ, let me ask something. What kind of life will, will Christ live in your life? Sanctified life. That's why, my friend, you cannot separate between justification and sanctification. Sanctification begins at the time of your justification. Now, so we know what faith of Jesus is. And, you know, and now we know that how we can possess this faith of Jesus. But I want to show you an example from the Bible. That the Bible specifically say, the Bible clearly say, that Jesus gave us an example what it means to have His faith. Turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews. Chapter 12 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. <clears throat> Hebrews two, 12, chapter 12 and verse 2. The Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our what? Right there. Jesus begins and he will finish your what? Faith. He's the author. He's the finisher. That means, my friend, he knows what it means to live by what? Faith. After Paul has said this, these words, then Paul gives us 
how Jesus lived by faith. What did he say? The Bible says what? Who for the joy that was set before him, what's next word? Endured the cross, despising the shame. What does that mean? You know something? When you look at the cross, when you study the death of Jesus, you will know clearly what it means to live by the faith of Jesus Christ. <coughs> this is the reason why we must study what happened at the cross. And that's what we are going to do right now. What happened at the cross? What happened? Turn your Bibles with me to Psalms. Psalms chapter 22. Psalms 22 and verse 1. The Bible says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me from the words of my rolling? You know this is a prophecy, isn't it? Who spoke these words? Where? On the cross. Why did Jesus spoke these words? Why? What is he saying? My God, my God, why hast thou what? Forsaken me. You see, my friends, let me tell you something. What Jesus experienced on the cross... It was totally, totally new experience for Jesus. We have to. You better understand this. Because, my friend, the cross is the center of the gospel. Cross is the power of salvation. You have to understand what Jesus went through in order for you to exercise faith. Turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 8. Let me show you something. John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and verse 29. John 8 and verse 29. The Bible says, Then said Jesus unto them, Sorry, verse 29. And he that sent me is what? Who is that is with Jesus? The Father. Watch this. The Father has not left me. How? Alone. For I do always those things that what? Please him. So Jesus has assurance that the Father will not leave him because Jesus always does that which what? Please the Father. And you know what the Bible says? How can you please God? Without what? Faith. It is impossible to what? Please God. Therefore, Jesus, listen, listen very carefully. Jesus 
exercise his faith in the Father, and in that way he pleased him. Why? Because by faith, Jesus, he always did that which pleases God. Are you with me? So by faith, Jesus pleased God and obeyed God's will. And he loved to please him. Why? Because Jesus knew that God will always what? Be with him. And God the Father will not never, never leave him alone. But why then Jesus cry out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? That's right. Turn your Bibles back to Psalms 22. I'm going to show you something. Psalms chapter 22. Psalms 22. And verse 2. The Bible says, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime. But thou hearest not in the ninth season, and am not silent. God has forsaken, and God will not hear. But not only that, in verse 6, the Bible says, But I am a what? Warm. What does that mean, warm? If you look up the word warm in the original Hebrew definition, it also means... Scarlet. Crimson. What do you think of when you think of the word crimson and scarlet? Sin. Ladies, how do you react when you see a worm? Do you go, oh, how cute. Let me just put it right next to my cheek. Do you do that? What, do you, what's your, what is your natural reaction? You jump back, right? How about men? You step on it. What Jesus is saying is this, I'm a worm, I'm a sin because I am sin. Even the people reject me right away. People do not want me. That's why the Bible says, look, I'm a worm and no man, a reproach of man. And what? Despise of the people. My friends, on the cross, Jesus was rejected by heaven and Jesus was rejected by earth. You know, when you study the sacrifice of Jesus, many times, not all the time, not all the time, but many times, Jesus, in the Old Testament, when they sacrifice animals, they always sacrifice it and burn it where? On the altar of burnt sacrifice, isn't it? They have to have an altar, isn't it? Except for one time when Abraham divided the sacrifice in half. But besides that, the most of the time, always a sacrifice on the altar. Not in the ground. Do you understand that? Not on the ground, but always sacrifice is lifted up from the ground. You know the why? Signifying Jesus will be lifted up and die. Why? Jesus died in, in, 
in some ways, Jesus died in the midst of heaven. Not on earth, not in heaven, but in the midst of heaven. What does that mean? Jesus was rejected by heaven. Jesus was rejected by earth. Jesus has no place to go. But my friends, but Jesus will come back again for a second time. In where? In mid-air. Another great event will take place. And Jesus will come back again in mid-air. Why? Before he was rejected by heaven and earth. But when Jesus comes back, he is coming back to unite heaven and earth at the second coming of Jesus in the midst of heaven. Oh, my friends. But before that, we see Jesus being rejected. Why? Why Jesus was rejected? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. The Bible says this. 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. The Bible says, For he has made him to be what? Sin for us who what? Knew no sin. Now, that word knew is not just intellectual knowledge. But the word new, my friends, is not only intellectual, but also experience. How do I know? Do you remember in the Old Testament time, there's one chapter, one verse says, Adam knew Eve, and what happened? Who came about? Cain. Please don't tell me. Adam says, oh, hi, Eve. Nice to meet you. Next thing you know, Cain comes out. Is that what happened? The word new is, my friend, is intimate experience. You understand? So when the Bible says, he knew no sin, that means he had no idea what sin is, but yet he became sin. That means he experienced what sin is all about. Not that he committed sin, but he experienced it. Do you understand? God does not, there's something that God does not know. Now, don't think I'm blaspheming. <laughs> There's something that God does not know. God does not know committing sin himself. He knows what other people sin and how other people sin and what they go through, what they experience, but he does not know he himself committing sin. But the Bible says he became what? Sin, the very disobedience us not only the penalty but when Jesus was on the cross he was the one that was guilty he was one that was caught with crime he was one that was found transgressing God's law and let me ask something what is the result of sin is death right and we think just die no, there's something else. It's not just giving up your breath. It's more than that. 
turn your Bibles with me to Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah chapter 59. Behold, the Lord's hand, verse 1, Isaiah 59, verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquity has separated between you and your God, and your sins have, what? Hid his face from you, that he will not, what? So what's the result of sin? Separation. Separation. Hiding of God's face. And God will not hear, my friends. How do you feel if your parents or your loved ones want to be separated from you? How do you feel if your loved ones does not want to see you? How do you feel if your loved ones ignores you? How do you feel? You feel really bad, don't you? Jesus on the cross, he experienced separation. He experienced looking up to search the face of loving Father, but he cannot find it. He cried, he cried, my God, my God. He cried with his voice, but God will not hear total silence from heaven. Think about that. But much more than that, Turn your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. And verse 13. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. The Bible says, Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a what? Curse for us, for it is written, Curse is everyone that what? Hangeth on a where? Tree. Not only Jesus experienced separation, not only Jesus experienced God's Father's face being hidden, not only He experienced God would not hear, but God, Jesus also experienced what? Being what? Cursed. What does that mean? Being condemned. Receiving the wrath of God. Do you remember Jesus was in Gethsemane and he prayed, if it's possible, let this cup pass before me? What cup was that? The cup of wrath of God. Do you know why in Revelation chapter 14 talks about those who receive the mark of the beast shall drink of the wine of wrath of God? Do you know why? Because my friends, if you receive the mark of the beast, you refuse what Jesus did in Gethsemane, drinking the wrath of God for you. You're refusing that. Therefore, you have to drink the wrath of God on your own. And Jesus, the Bible says, listen, Jesus Taste death for every man. So on the cross, this is how Jesus feels. 
and film. Do you remember a time that you were that you were guilty? How did you feel? I remember when I was young. Or when I was younger. <laughs> Some of you are probably thinking he is young enough to be my son, right? And I have stolen something from my father. <coughs> I took a whole stack of paper, put it in my backpack, and went to school to give them out to friends. That's how I used to get friends, to give things. But somehow, I was going to school, just before I entered into the gate, I felt some heavy flesh landing on my shoulder. I turned around, my father standing, six feet high, 190 pounds. He said, come here. He had a big sunglasses on. And he said, give it to me. In that moment, I say, how did he know? How does he know? So I pull out the stolen paper, and my father says, son, see me after you come back from school. I tell you, I was not able to concentrate that day. <laughs> Do you know what it means to commit a sin? And you feel guilty? You cannot see? You cannot hear what I'm talking about? That's what happens. That's just, just imagine, that's just one sin. But can you imagine if you experience all your sin at one time. Can you imagine that? What kind of effect that will have on your body, mind, and soul? Just your sin, my friends. But imagine, the Bible says, He tastes death for every man. How many men that live upon this world? from the beginning of creation. Millions and millions and billions and billions of people, all of them, my friend, Jesus experienced the guilt and the burden and the condemnation and the wrath of God just pulling down at his, in His soul. As though, listen, as though Jesus committed all those sins. As though Jesus committed all those sins. Can you imagine what Jesus went through? That's the reason why Jesus said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Where was God, the Father? Where? When you read the A, he was hiding behind the dark cloud. Where were the angels? They were, they were all hushed and hiding. Jesus looked around, looked up. There's a blackness and darkness. 
He looked down and he saw people mocking at him. People speaking words of mockery and laughter and hatred. Oh, my friends. And you might say, well, Jesus knew that he would be resurrected on the third day. So, you know, it wasn't that, it wasn't that bad. Did Jesus know that he would, be, he would be resurrected before? Didn't Jesus say, I would die and be raised on the third day? Didn't Jesus say that? He did say it, right? Before this, right? But what happened to that promise? How come Jesus act as though he did not remember that promise? Do you know the reason why, my friend? Do you remember the Bible says? Jesus does not speak unless God what? Commands him to speak or what God will tell him what to speak. Do you know what I'm talking about? So tell me, who gave Jesus the promise that he'll be resurrected? The Father. But at the cross, where was the Father? Rejecting Jesus. Therefore, what, have, what happened to the promise? It was not sure. <coughs> so on the cross, Jesus experienced eternal separation from the Father. He could not see he would come out from the grave victorious and glorious. He could not see the future. All he sees eternal separation, never to see the Father again. Never to taste the holy angels again. Never to see the beauty, the beauty and the glorious kingdom again. Never. And Jesus, my friend, and at the same time, now wait a minute, this was a greater trial for Jesus. Why? Jesus said, the God of Father is always with me because I always do that which you want. Pleases him. Whose will was it that him to die? His Father. So the Father should be with him because Jesus was doing his will. But at the same time, God has what? In the mind of Jesus, forsaking him. Almost like betrayal. My God, my God, why has I forsaken me? Where are you, God? <coughs> then he came down to die for these people. But well, how about the people? Did he see a good response from the people? 10,000 people before the cross, repenting their sin, searching their hearts. What were they doing? Mocking him and rejecting him. My friends, let me ask something. Listen, listen very, very carefully. Based upon what Jesus sees, based upon what Jesus heard, is there any reason why Jesus should die? Based upon what he saw, no response from the people. Only maybe thief, maybe John, but rest of them were rejecting Christ. His, many of his disciples forsaking him. 
based upon what he sees, my friend, he doesn't see the worth of his death. He doesn't hear the value of his sacrifice. So now, he doesn't go by what he sees. He doesn't go by what he hears. Even, my friend, he doesn't go by what he feels, how the Father feels for him. Even though he feels that the Father is rejecting him, now Jesus, not feelings, no, no, not sight, not hearing, nothing. All that now he follows is what? By faith, what God the Father already previously has shown to him. And only by faith, Jesus died on the cross. But how many of you follow what you see, what you hear, and what you feel? If you feel good, you think your faith is good. If you feel down, you think your faith is down. My friends, it is time that we no longer follow our feelings, but by the Word of God. You pray for forgiveness. You pray for repentance. But you don't feel to repent. You don't feel that you're forgiven. But my friends, you must by faith without feeling believe what God says. Because Satan is a master of working behind your feelings. Satan is so smart that he, when he tempts you, he will tempt you in such a way that you, you will feel that you already committed sin. The world says it feels good, do it. It tastes good, eat it. If you want to get it now. But the Bible says, we shall walk by faith, not by sight. You know how some people say? Some people say, seeing is believing. I say, yes, seeing is believing. But let me tell you something. Believing without seeing is faith. And we must learn to live by the faith of Jesus. But not only that, my friends, the Bible says faith works by how? Faith comes by hearing. Faith works by what? Love, Galatians 5, 6. So, my friends, when Jesus exercised his faith on the cross, he was motivated or it was created by what? Love. What kind of love was it? It was something like this. Listen. Father, I know I'm not going to see you anymore. I'll be separated from you forever. But Father, goodbye. I'm willing to be forsaken by you forever. Because I love you. I know this is your will. I'm willing to follow your will even though you destroy me. Though you slay me, yet will I trust in you, Father. How about the people? Children, I'm not going to see you anymore for eternity. Even though you reject me right now, but I believe by faith, the joy is before me. 
that you will be with my father. Although I'm not going to be there, you'll be with my father forever. I love you. Goodbye forever. Goodbye, Father, forever. And he bowed and he gave up the ghost and died. That was what was in the heart of Jesus. My friends, that cross didn't kill him. Those nails didn't kill him. Those whippings didn't kill him. That thorn, throne of crown of thorns didn't kill him. What killed him? It is a sin. How do I know? You know, when the soldier came and he pierced his side, what came out? Water and blood distinctly. What does that mean? One of the scientists, the doctor scientists, they, they researched something and they, they found something very interesting. When someone is going through great stress, great heavy burden, it's overwhelming, it's so much, so heavy, that it can, it's impossible for their heart to erupt. Means it will break. And when it does that, plasma and the blood cell, it separates. So when it appears in his side, water and blood came out, indicating that his heart was broken. He died of broken heart. That's how much Jesus loves us. Go back to Hebrews chapter 12. We're not finished yet. Hebrews chapter 12. And verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so what? Easily beset us and let us run with what? Patient the race that is set before us. My friends, in order for us to run this race, we have to run how? Patiently and without? Lay outside what? Sin. Every weight I remember coming to Europe for the first time. I was carrying something in my backpack and I have two bags with me. It was about 20 kilo. 15 kilo and 15 kilo. I was carrying books. And I tell you, when you travel, travel light. <laughs> because when you're trying to catch a train, <laughs> I remember in Milano, trying to catch a train to go to Trino. And we saw our train and we, we got in. And my friend says, run. And I tried to run, but I cannot run was so heavy. We got in the train, we're just, and we're just huffing and puffing and sweating in winter time. After 30 minutes, the train conductor, is that what you call them? He came and he looked at our tickets and he said, ye Americans, this train is not going to Trino. 
this train is going to tree now. <laughs> so we got off, change our train. When you travel, when you run, you have to run light. And Paul was referring, perhaps, or using the illustration from the Greek Olympics. And back in those days, when those runners run, how much clothing do they have upon them? Huh? They had nothing. Totally nothing. What does that mean? When you run in these last days, you must let go everything. Every weight of sin, even if it is a piece of cloth, let it go. Run naked. But let me ask you something. If you literally run naked in these days, what will people think of you? That you are what? Crazy. By guarantee. Symbolically, spiritually, if you run the Christian race in these last days and you keep letting go the sins of the world, the people in your church and other people in the world will think you are crazy. Why do you give that up? Why do you let go of that? But my friends, the Bible says... Jesus endured the cross, and we know that Jesus hung on the cross naked. And the Bible says he despised the shame. And he endured the cross. So my friends, when you let go of the sins that easily beset you, what does that mean? Obedience to God. And you must run how? Patience. But how do we run with obedience and patience? How do we run, my friend? Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The race of faith. How do he run? He run how? Endure the cross, despise the shame, and he finished his race. How? He is set down at the right hand of God. So where is our finishing line, my friends? The throne of God. My friends, this is the reason why that Jesus gave a promise. Turn your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21. The Bible says, Here Jesus speaking to what, what church? Lilithian, the last day church. Jesus said, To him that overcometh, where I grant to what? Sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and have set down with my father in his throne. Do you see that? What is Jesus saying? If you overcome, you'll sit with me in my throne. What does that mean? How, do we, how can we overcome? Obedience. Patience. Running the race with what? Faith. Please tell me in the Bible. Do you know any group of people in the Bible has the characteristics of obedience, patience, and faith of Jesus? Who are they? 
Here are the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. And what? Faith of Jesus. My friend Paul in Hebrews chapter 12 is talking about the Laodicean church and the 144,000. So why is it the Laodicean church is so lukewarm? Because they don't have the faith of Jesus. Because they're not willing to surrender to God. Give up everything to Jesus. My friends, we are the last one in the race. Do you know the relay running? There are four or five people running, right? Four. And the first person runs really fast. And he gives his baton to the second person. And the second person runs. And he gives his baton to third. And the third person runs. And he gives baton to the fourth. And the fourth person runs. But if the fourth person does not finish the race, that means all of them won. Lose the game. We are the last generation. We have to finish the race. Too many people in the past, our Adventist people, they only continue the race but not finish the race. Why, my friends? Because we have to, we have to be, as a people of God, exercise the full faith of Jesus. That's the reason why. Adam was running, and he gave it to Seth. He was running, they gave it to Noah. Noah was running, gave it to Abraham. Abraham was running, gave it to Isaac. Isaac was running, gave it to Jacob. Jacob was running, gave it to 12 tribes. 12 tribes was running, gave it to Moses. Moses was running, gave it to Joshua. Joshua was running, my friend, and he came down all the way to who? Samuel. Samuel was running, gave it to David. David was running, gave it to Solomon. And keep going down and down and down. Elijah was running. Isaiah was running. Jeremiah was running. Daniel was running. Hosea, Malachi, then came to John the Baptist. John the Baptist ran and gave it to who? Jesus. And Jesus began to run and gave it to who? Twelve disciples. Twelve disciples began to run. And they also transferred to Paul. Paul and others began to run, gave it to first century Christians. And they began to run and they gave it to the Waldensians and other early, the reformers and the true Christians. And they began to run and gave it to Martin Sorry, Wycliffe. And he began to run. He gave it to Martin Luther, John Knox, Huss, other people, my friend, and gave it to William Miller. William Miller began to run, gave it to the early Advent movement. And they began to run, run. James White, Alan White, and Ethan Haskell, Uri Smith, they began to run, and they gave it to the next Adventist generation, and to next, and to next, and now... They are giving the baton to you. 
and all those generations in the past is saying, run, 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 finish the race. If you don't finish the race, my friends, the whole great controversy cannot be finished. You have to run, letting go every sin that is so easily weighed on you. Run with patience, but much more faith of Jesus. Oh, my friends, are you going to finish the race? What is holding you back? What is holding you back? What is holding you back? Is it your wife? Is it your husband? Is it your children? Is it your job? Is it your, your relatives? What is holding you back? Is it your education? Your, what is it, my friend? Really, what comes down to? Nothing is holding you back except you. Let go and let God take over. Let's not have any more camp meetings. Let's finish the work. Because, my friends, Jesus is coming back. And Jesus says, if I come back, where I find faith? Let's kneel together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you have called us to run the race and to finish the race. We are so unworthy and, O oh Lord, we are so weak and wicked in our hearts. I pray, Father, that we learn to have the faith of Jesus the love of Christ and his righteousness and his sacrifice in our hearts that we shall run the race not look to the left not look to the right keep our heads up high run forgetting those things which are behind and pressing for that which is before us I pray, Father, you give us the strength. Thank you, Father. Your coming is so soon. Praise God. We are almost there. We can almost see the finishing line. We are there. Just give us the strength for the last remainder distance. In Jesus' name, amen.